Welcome back, Ding Dongs! This is The Good Play, a podcast about NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she's running late for Evil Zumba. It's my sister, Marissa. I'm running late for everything. We took a very long hiatus. <laughs> we did, indeed. Oops. Take a very long, kind of not planned hiatus. Absolutely not planned. But we were, like, looking at the rest of the summer going, like, I, I, I can't. I just I, can't anymore. We can't. We need the good place. We just need it to come back. And it is almost here. We have survived <laughs> this, this long summer. Drought. Long very drought. Very long drought. And we are so... I'm actually, like, really excited to be back. I missed doing the show. I missed uh, all of the the gossip on the the hot goss should should we say on our our facebook page and yeah from our from our ones of fans yeah <laughs> but we love our ones of fans yes and we have some some updates from ones of fans that uh we're gonna get to later so missed having this this time with all of you and uh i am very excited that the good place is coming back next week it was a very long summer it was a very long summer. I don't actually remember what spring is like. Like, I mean, intellectually, I know there's flowers. You sound like Frodo Baggins when he's climbing <laughs> Mordor at the end. Samwise. He's like... Help me. He's like, I can't remember the feel of grass underneath my feet. <laughs> also, just in case anyone was confused... um, no, my voice didn't always sound like this. <laughs> You're like, God, they've been gone for two months, and Marissa's voice is like half an octave lower? Or did I misremember? You're not misremembering, dear listeners. Uh, I have two small children, and it's September, so guess what? Back to school. <laughs> Multiple to- viruses are marauding, rampaging through my bloodstream right now, trying to kill me. Come at me, more motherforkers. <laughs> and yet... You know, when I was like, hey, maybe we should give it a day and see if you get better. You're like, nope, we got to do it. So <laughs> this is our devotion. This is our devotion to... I have a very I have a very busy schedule, I'll have you know. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot to get into because NBC released a series of webisodes that we're going to talk about. And also... Just like the- Ant-Man and the Wasp should have been. Oh my gosh. Yes! <laughs> I just re-listened to that episode, actually. And so they released some episodes that we're going to talk about. We're also going to talk about, you know, they're doing sort of like the press junket now for uh, season four. And so there are a lot of articles. There are a lot of videos uh, coming out. And so we've got a lot of that. We've also got some some stuff from the our fan, our own listeners, which is very cool. <coughs> we're excited about that. I have to admit, I watched some of like the press junkety kind of videos and I found them pretty useless. Yeah, they're really just not allowed. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about a lot of the articles too. They're like not really allowed to say anything, but you know, right. we can we can get into it as much as we want or just sort of gloss over them. But they're there regardless. But before we get into that, um, a little housekeeping up front: you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. Can I make a plea for a, re- a review drive for the last season, just so you know, maybe we can go out on dozens of listeners <laughs> instead of. <laughs> 
ones of listeners. You yeah. can try. Yeah, if you can, please rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. It helps people find us. And I think as we go into the this final season, we would love to have more listenership and more people who love the show chiming in and, and listening with us. So please, please review. And uh, if you do, then, you know, we'll give you a shout out, you know, uh, so that if we um, remember to look at iTunes, <laughs> which we do sometimes, sometimes we do. And uh, you can also follow and like us on Facebook. Uh, we've got a group called The Good Play. Twitter, we're at The Good Play Pod. And I'm sure Marissa will pick back up on the uh, live tweeting. Heck yes. Coming up. Uh, and you can also send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com. So I am looking forward to... We have some emails to... to get into at the end. Yay! So I'm looking forward to a much busier fall uh, than than the drought of the summer that we had. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the webisodes. Because Marissa is, uh, you know, on her deathbed, I will be... <laughs> you know what? You know what? What? I told my firstborn I was trying to trick him into wearing a Halloween costume that he doesn't want to wear. Mm. It's a long story. <clears throat> but when I was at my sickest, I told him... He's six going on seven. I told him... You know, uh, mommy's mommy's on her deathbed, so I just I have can can I make a deathbed request of you? And he's like, "Mommy, you're not dying." Like he just it was such so contemptuous, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I'm so sick. Can I make a a sickness request of you?" And he's like, "What?" And I said, uh. "Be this thing for Halloween." He says. Then I won't take care of you. And I was like, oh, no. And I was like, but. And he's like, I won't take care of you anyway. And I was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Somehow he ran rings around me logically. <laughs> oh, no. And he's definitely you not. tell him to cut that out. <laughs> and he's not. He does not want to be the thing I want him to be for Halloween, which is that I want his little brother to be Pikachu and I want him to be Ash. Because come on, that would be the cutest thing. Be the most amazing, and the baby can say Pika Pika Pikachu. Uh, Can we have a letter writing campaign? Can all the listeners please write in to tell my six year old my to my six year old to say hashtag be Ash for Halloween. That's a long hashtag. It's not going to work. Anyway, I'm sorry. Does what he know what a want? hashtag is? Okay. He sure does not know what a hashtag is, no. <laughs> so, um, I was like, where did that come from? Oh, I said you're on your deathbed. Since you're sick, I'll do the... <laughs> sorry. Yep, a little know, bit of a diversion fine. there. Listen, this is what the listeners tune in for, you know? Our kind of sisterly banter. Uh, so I'll do the recap, and you can chime in if and when you feel like it. So, I just is... watched the webisodes yesterday and they already feel like they've kind of evaporated from my brain, which I think They're... is partly because I'm sick and partly because they, they don't offer very much. That's what I actually was going to start with, which is they really don't offer very much. It was a lot of fun to see these characters again and to get to spend some time in the bad place with Mark Evan Jackson and with with some of the other demons but it was really fluffy and you know i was hoping for some more substance but i guess we'll just have to wait till next week i thought that like they would actually do a reveal which was maybe naive but i thought they would do a reveal of like one of the other people who had been selected i thought so too actually i thought so too but there might be a little bit of a hint of that 
which we'll get to in the next section where we're talking about like what to expect for season four. So this is from the AV Club, just as like a setup. Uh, as you might remember, season three ended with Judge Jen coming up with a new experiment. Michael is tasked with creating a new neighborhood while Sean has to pick the four people on the same level of badness as the original four. Unless the four old people can redeem the four new people, the bad place wins. Now, how to pick the new candidates? In these just-released short episodes, which we're about to talk about, Sean and his slew of demons attempt to find the experiment subjects. So this is six parts, and I don't know how... Marissa, maybe you have an opinion about this, but I don't know how uh, useful it is. Each episode was only about two minutes long, so I don't know how useful it is to, like, go beat by beat. No, 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 I wouldn't. Okay. So it's a six-part series called The Selection, and um, which sounds like sort of terrifyingly Nazi-ish, right? Like it's it, just it, me. To me, it sounded like uh, that Shirley Jackson short story, oh, the, the lottery. lottery. And basically, the four demons who we've seen before who have speaking roles: Gail, Val, Glenn, and Bomba John, uh, are all in a conference room uh, waiting for for Sean to get there. Actually, no, I think he's there at this point. And, you know, interestingly, Vicky is not among them. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if she, if the actress was like filming something else. And Well, that's kind of my thought. It's like, oh, I think she maybe just maybe not available at this point. Yeah. And actually, uh, Glenn is one of the writers, is oh, Josh funny. Siegel. So I think he had to be around. So they were just like, <laughs> put on your Glenn costume. He's like, okay, sure. You need me to do what? So we've got Gail, Val, Glenn, and Bombajan with Sean in a conference room. And they're, Sean is kind of going over the stakes of, of the experiment. Basically, He explains that, it like eight times. It's yeah. like, I don't understand. Like, the only pe- possible people this could be for is the benefit of the viewers. And it's like, okay, you want to remind people one time because it's been a long time since the season finale. But like, why you got to remind me eight times? Is this... Are these web shorts specifically for people with dementia? Like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm I I'm assuming that I don't know. Maybe they didn't think people would like do all of them at once. But how else are you going to watch a two minute episode of something? They're two minutes long. <laughs> That's what. I, yeah. Anyway, so he talks about the stakes, and it's exactly what we talked about: that the bad place wants to win. They need to pick four people who are kind of of equal level of badness, and so basically, that means that there's like no serial killers, uh, no dictators, no one who's ever managed a boy band. That's the that's the. There was some other parameters. thing that he said at the beginning of the first episode, but it, it wasn't that funny. And so they're going around the room, and they have to pick humans who have no chance of improving and the the thing that i liked about these shorts is that you kind of get a glimpse of these other people that the bad place is getting um uh, point of order the bad place is getting everybody that's true but the people that i guess the people who they're picking out of everybody that they're getting and val says how about joseph stalin and then um i was a glenn Says, it was Bomba John. Bomba John says, uh, how about Joseph Stalin? And Sean says, Val just said that. And he, and he goes, yeah, but I wasn't listening because she's a woman. And, and Sean goes, good point. Wait, why was I listening? <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah, that was one of the only things that actually made me like chuckle out loud. Yeah. 
The other um, was the Emily Dickinson part. Yes. Um, and so Sean is sort of like impressing upon them, like this is the most important thing we'll ever do. And so the second short, pretty much everybody gets uh, a pick, right? And so Val starts... And she picks this woman named Mackenzie, who is a trust fund baby who shares racist memes on Facebook and she shoplifts and all that stuff. And Bamba John uh, picks a guy named Troy, who is an arsonist and he has a TikTok account, which like, I'm not one of the kids these days. TikTok is like, kind of like Vine, I guess. Um, no, so I actually, I know things about TikTok, <laughs> which I, I don't feel great about that. <laughs> But I do know things about TikTok. There's like a particular webcomic that I read that I've recommended to you called Lore Olympus. Mm-hmm. And it has like a TikTok following. I don't know how to put it, but like there's people on TikTok doing memes about this webcomic. I don't even know if memes is the right word, but like. I just, I had a. I it's had like a... Vine, but it, it almost demands that you use audio that is not the actual audio from the video, if you get what I mean. Like, so I just had, when you said the thing about people using TikToks to make TikTok to make memes of a web comic, I had a, I had a vision uh-oh. of <laughs> like aliens coming to earth after it's been obliterated and finding. Which is soon. It's soon. That's yes. happening uh, soon. Climate strike today. And finding, like, some recording of this episode and listening to it and being, like, just that crystallization of a TikTok to make a meme about a webcomic <laughs> as encapsulating our, our time. And they're like, oh, no wonder humanity extinguished itself. Um, so this guy has a TikTok account. So he's the kid, one of the kids these days. And he also skipped his child support hearings. Yeah, weirdly, all the people that they discuss all apparently died very young. Yeah. Um, Gail says, humans are so terrible. This guy doxed a comic book illustrator because he thought she drew she drew Iron Man wrong. And Sean goes, she drew? What? Yeah. And that was the thing that made <laughs> that was, me laugh. That was funny. I was like, oh, Marvel milkshake ladies, uh, this one's for you. And then somebody walks in, uh, one of the lava monsters walks in and asks where Todd, isn't it? There's really only one lava monster. I forgot his name. Where evil Zumba was. And they're like, oh, we moved it because we have to use this conference room. So it's in conference room D or whatever. The takeout order is like nothing. It's a nothing. It's nothing. And I, I, I'm an old now and I get like really grossed out really easily. And I was like, why Why are they doing this to me? Yeah. Um, it was just a bunch of gross things that they yeah. put together. And I was like, no, thank you. So the storm out is the selection part four. I will, yeah, we'll skip the takeout order. It's basically like a whole bunch of gross things that they're talking about ordering. And it's all funny, but real gross. Uh, like Bob John has a thing called teeth. Where, except for one point where one of the women says she's going to order a baby. And I was like. That's not... What the... What? I think that actually came from... Do you remember the episode about Michael's existential crisis where... Yeah. She's trying... Eleanor's trying to, like, cheer him up. And she's like, what can I get you? Do you eat? She's like, I can never remember if you eat. 
What do you eat? Babies? Ooh, I'll get you a baby. What flavor baby do you want? How about a cool ranch baby? Like, I think that this was a uh, an extension of that joke. I guess, but it just left me with questions like, is it a real baby? I mean, is it a, is it a real... Let's not. Dead? Yeah. Let's not. Let's not. Yeah. And say we didn't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The storm out, which I... They have a little, like... Do you know how the every screen, every... I was going to say welcome screen. Every, like, opening... Every the, UX experience. <laughs> the the Good Place has the Good Place created by Mike Schur. So all of these webisodes have, you know, an opening screen that has the name of it and that created by, you know, someone. And this episode was created by your mom, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, my mom? Okay, <laughs> good job, mom. So they've, they're done eating... And Sean gets upset that the team hasn't come up with anyone that he thinks is right for the experiment. And he threatens to cocoon them all. And then he storms out. And the rest of the group is like, Glenn, you need to go talk to Sean. And he's like, but he's so mean. And they're like, yeah, we don't care. Go talk to him. And so then Glenn in part five goes to talk to Sean. And Glenn, this is where we actually get some traction. And Glenn finds Sean and says, you know, listen, I know an angry storm out when I see one and this was angry, but you're also worried. And Sean is like, well, you just don't get the stakes of this. It's so high. Like, again, like, yeah, no, we get it. Yeah. We, you know, we get it. We do. But this is also it. something interestingly that happens in the normal course of over season three, which is that Sean is like really intent on chasing down these four humans. And it's actually Glenn who says to him, like, why these four humans? Why are they so important? And then Sean cocoons Glenn. Mm, and so, I forgot that. So I think there is something here about like revisiting that conversation or kind of like, you know, revisiting that relationship between the, these two characters. Because we never, other than this experiment, we never really get an understanding of like why these four people are so important to Sean. So Glenn says that Sean should be nicer and Sean is basically like, look, if we don't prove that these humans are, that human, all humans are terrible, all of this could go away, our whole way of life, everything will change. And he says, who are we without twisting? I thought that was really funny. And Glenn says that Sean, it's really hard to satisfy Sean and Sean will really never, never be satisfied because people keep dying all the time. And then he mentions like, for example, Chidi's ex Simone just died. And this gives Sean an idea. And then in part six, which is the final part, he comes back. I was glad, by the way, that this meant that the bad place didn't, like, have her killed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because we were wondering about that. Yes. And And I I was like, oh, okay. They don't have that kind of power. That would be really pretty terrible if they had that kind of power. And part of me wonders if they made these webisodes just to allay those fears. Because I don't think we were the only people who were like, hey, something seems really fishy here. Um, Mm. so I wonder if they were like, let's just, uh, cards on the table. Like none of this is, nobody murdered anybody. Right. I mean, maybe she was murdered. Like I, not that I, she's, she's very young and she was healthy and she's living in a high GDP country. Like what, (laughs) what the heck happened to her? Yeah. I wonder if we'll find out I wonder if we'll find out in this season. So in the, in the final part, Sean says, if we want their experiment to fail, we have to attack their weakest point themselves. He says, we neutralized the original four by sending in four new people targeted to make them miserable. And so <laughs> this I thought was funny. 
for Tahani, they they recommend Johnny Depp, but they're like, oh no, he's being kept alive by transfusions of giraffe blood. <laughs> that was um, really funny. So they choose John, who we've already met. He's the gossip blogger that we meet at the end of season three. They choose he's him basically for- not Tosh two point Who's he's the who's the other one? Perez Hilton. Perez Hilton. Thank you. Yeah, we had this exact conversation when he was introduced. <laughs> Dang it, my brain is bad. <laughs> um, so they said they right now they have him in a cell where he can only see tweets three days after they've been posted. It's <laughs> pretty great. Yeah. Also, if I have to pick uh, eternal torture, um, I'll I'll take that. Thank Me you. Me too. <laughs> Raising my hand for that one. So Sean says that the new people don't have to be directly related to the original four, just people who would make them miserable. Glenn kind of has second thoughts because he's like, guys, isn't this cheating? And everyone's like, ha ha ha, Glenn. You're such it's a kind rube. of interesting, though. It makes you wonder if Glenn is going to pull a Michael. Oh, my gosh. That would be great. I would love that. And then Sean ends the and ends the episode. Well, there's like a little stinger kind of at the end about Steve Hitler or something. Uh, but but the last like real line that we get from Sean is uh, find people to destroy the confidence of the original four. This is the one they'll remember me by. Oh, I thought the the funny thing that you're missing from this episode is that. Sean's like Simone just died, and what, what's the what's the woman's name who's not Val? Gail, Gail. right? Gail. Yeah. Gail is like, who's Simone? And Sean's like, have you even been paying? What have you even been doing? And she's like, I'm not. <laughs> she's like, I'm not totally caught up. Like, <laughs> this, yeah, she's acting like she's bored with the whole thing. <laughs> no, she's she's an audience surrogate, right? Of like, she's not completely oh, yeah. caught up on season three. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I mean, if you're not caught up on season three, then what are you doing watching these web shorts? None of this makes any yeah, sense to you. that's really weird. I, also, it's on Netflix now, guys. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It's all I've been watching. It's, really? I, I mean, not all I've been watching. I've also been watching the new season of The Great British Baking Show. But uh, <laughs> I've definitely been watching season three a lot. Kate and I just went on, took a little mini vacation together. And the first night... Listener, Kate. Listener, That's Kate. That's right. And if you listen to enough episodes of the show, you too can go on a vacation with one of us. <laughs> also, we have to be BFFs for like 12 years. <laughs> um, she and I went and she's... And she watched the whole third season, but she hadn't watched rewatched it recently. And she was like, what happened in season three? I'm trying to remember. And then I just took her through the entire thing <laughs> over dinner. And she's like, I regret asking this question. <laughs> So, yeah. So that's the selection. Do we have anything to say about this? I I love your idea that Glenn is going to switch sides. I love that idea. Well, it does sort of... Like, it, I mean, if Michael can do such a 180, then it raises the question of what other demons are capable of. Right. It definitely does. And Glenn has always been the one who questions sean and questions the methods and all that kind of stuff so i think that makes sense that would be great if they like somehow if he somehow you know sneakily went over to michael's side or something like that is there anything else from these episodes that that we want to talk about um no, I mean, there's some laugh. The, the only laugh line you missed, I think, was I think it was Sean saying, like, I'm going to go back to forcing Emily Dickinson to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, God, that is so 
beautifully brilliant uh, slam on everybody involved. <laughs> there was um, also one about they locked uh, Julia Childs in a Papa John's kitchen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which uh, is rough. It's also rough to think of Julia Childs in the bad place. Everybody. Yeah, that we're everybody. aware of from all of history, essentially, yeah. is in the bad place. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to think about that one too hard. It gets uh very dark very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the top, these don't offer a ton of clues for us. I wonder, you know, if there actually are four people because something that we talked about at the uh last time or when we not the last time we recorded but the the for the finale of season three was that Eleanor's torture effectively is cheaty. And so I think Jen's rules are still that they need to select four people. Yeah. So I wonder who I just wonder like how that's gonna work out, you know, like who they're gonna bring in for her yeah, there's no one they could bring in that's going to make her more miserable than mind wipe cheaty. Right, and I there's do no think... one she there's she's the only person she's ever loved. Right, right. So. yes, literally, yes, the only person she's ever loved. And I also I do think it's also um, pretty telling that he says that the new people don't have to be directly related to the original four, just people who'd make them miserable because what we saw with Tahani was that like, this guy did have like a pre-existing relationship with her. This I John mean, guy. Only in the sense that Perez Hilton has a pre-existing relationship with like Scarlett Johansson. Right. Which is <laughs> just to say they don't actually know each other. It's just that he like picked on her online. Right. But I, I just wonder if, you know, I'm thinking back to old episodes and like at the beginning of season two, when they had Jason's soulmate be Luong, like, just that guy who was constantly around and constantly silent, and that drove Jason crazy. But that guy was in on it. H- how do you pick... I mean, you think you're going to pick a monk who finds himself in an afterlife that's completely unlike the afterlife he expected, and he's going to maintain a vow of silence? Like, that doesn't... No, no. I, I more meant that, Oh, you like... mean, like, someone who's, like, super, super uh, upright and is not into Ariana Grande... <laughs> Yeah, or just someone who is not related, not even tangentially related, but kind of like the polar opposite of... of, Right. Yeah. Because we don't see who they pick for Jason at... Nor Eleanor. Nor Eleanor. So we'll see. I mean, that's one of the things I'm kind of most interested in. But I think that's a good... Unless you have anything else, I think that's a good segue into what we can expect from season four, which is also like, you know, some of this is pretty light and fluffy, but there may be things... I'm tired... I'm tired of the so like you know my mobile browser like knows what I everything I think say and do uh, <laughs> sure which is its own topic of conversation and so it will like pop up headlines for things that it thinks that I want to know about and it's just been popping up a bunch of good place headlines lately and it's all just been nonsense like just sort of mystical garbage of like this season takes us to places we've never been. Like, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, sure. No shirt, everyone. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, it's not as if they're just going to do a retread of season one and be like, well, we've put that Emmy-winning, uh, acclaimed 
groundbreaking show to bed. Good job, us. Like, <laughs> pretty sure it's going to take us to places we haven't been before. Like, I, I, it just frustrates me when they do these press junkets where it's like, I realize that you have to get the word out about the show. It's an extremely high, like, cash expenditure for the network that's uh, making it and the producers who are producing it and they need to advertise it and they get it. But, like, I think ultimately you have to let more things slip than, like, it's going to be real novel. Like, you have to be ready to, like, tell actual... You kind of have to, like, dish a little bit of dirt to get people tuning in. That's my that's my feeling. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's very tough. It's, it's like, um... I saw... What's his name? I was going to say Josh Groban. That is not who I mean at all. Ave Marie! Who, who are you thinking of? Who <laughs> I am thinking about? Who am I thinking about? I need literally anything Mind from you. Oh, oh, um, uh, Kristoff from Frozen. Yes. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, I, I love him. King so George much. from Hamilton. Uh, help. Jonathan Groff. I'm sorry that took so long. I mainlined all of Mindhunter in two days. I should know this guy's name. Or the second season in two days. Anyway, I should know this guy's name. Jonathan Groff was on Jimmy Fallon recently. I think I saw that. And he's like, so what can you tell us about Frozen 2? And he's like, we have finished recording. Yeah. And that's all I'm allowed to say. That's it. Like, and he he wasn't there touting Frozen Two. He was there touting Mindhunter, or maybe a maybe like live theater he was doing or something. Like, yeah, yeah. So like, Colbert asks the question that he knows is going to get him like clicks and views, and and I don't blame Colbert one bit for it. But I'm expecting that when Groff, I'm sorry, Fallon. But when Groff does the rounds for Frozen Two, he better have more to say than. Well, I'm I'm told the film has been they've clicked they've done uh, Apple S. <laughs> <laughs> I'm told they've dragged the film onto a hard drive to be shipped out. <laughs> like Apple. <laughs> you are correct. You are correct. <laughs> They do have to... Yeah, I mean, and actually Mindhunter is a good example because it was also a very highly anticipated show. Totally different kind of show. But they were at least able to say, say like, this is where we go in this season. Not every detail, but, like, we've switched locations. The team is in a different place. Mentally, they're also in a different place physically. Like, we're dealing with uh, these kinds of crimes, etc. But this... <laughs> You're correct. Is just sort Rana of like, has a second job moonlighting as Mind Hunter uh, a press agent. I mean, can you get me in the room? Can someone get me in the room for that? <laughs> no. Why would you? I want? love Ugh. Jonathan Groff is so cute, and that show is bonkers good. But also, like, we had a, a text exchange about it the other night where you were like, "I accidentally googled something from Mind Hunter." <laughs> And I can't unsee it. And I'm like, oh, no, because <laughs> I just know that you would hate every second of that show. Mm, yeah, I don't do uh, any of the things <laughs> that are 
highlighted in that television the program. More I get, the older I get, the more I become like our mom, which is just like, that's upsetting. I don't want to see that. That's too upsetting for me. So I understand. I'm fully at that point. You're not yes. quite there yet. I'm not quite there because I will still watch a show about serial Once killers. Once we're both past the age of 40, we're going to be like, oh, I don't, that's not, mm, no, 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 your, no. Your kids are going to be watching like God knows what and we're just going to be like, oh. boys, that's too, that's too upsetting for a mommy we'll be TV. Scream 7. I could barely handle Scream when I was a teenager and it was in the theaters, all right? I have a friend who, uh, or I have an acquaintance who wants to come to Philadelphia to see Eastern State Penitentiary uh, for Halloween. And I was like, okay, so she can go to that, but I cannot go to that because I will legit pee myself if I go. So It's going to freak my bean. <laughs> I cannot do that. It freaks my bean too much. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, Can we talk about the Tor.com article, please? Yeah, we're going to get to it. Do you okay. want to talk about it now? Or I do mean, to- I don't know if we're really going to talk about every single thing you've outlined in our show outline, which is a lot. <laughs> uh, no. I just want, I want to see, do, 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 do. Oh, I did want to talk about one thing, and then we can get to the Tor.com article, okay. which is, it looks like, so they released a first look trailer. Thanks for hanging in there, listeners, through our, like, weird tangents. <laughs> Wait like, a minute. They're, they're like, 100% used to this. I guess that's true. I just have a thought of, like, I'm, I'm trying to, you said you were going to talk about season four, and all you're talking about is how you're scared of everything. <laughs> Um, in the first look trailer that they put out, there's really not much new, uh, but there was a sneak peek of potentially a new character named Linda, who is Linda a- Hamilton, the woman who plays in the, ter- the woman the Terminator series. I don't think so. It's just the first Linda that came to mind. Oh, okay. I didn't uh, watch this video. Oh, okay. So Sorry. there, there's a woman named Linda. Um, so you kind of see Eleanor in a power suit, like she's still the architect. And well, she's got to pretend to be the architect the whole time, right? That's right. And she is... Um, and Ted in- Danson is her assistant in this fiction, yes. is that right? Okay. He transferred in from dog heaven. <laughs> so he's still getting used to people. <laughs> aww, aww. Oh, God. Is what happens to dogs when they die? Is there a bad dog place that all oh. the dogs have been going the last five years? All dogs heaven! That's the movie. This is a show that postulates that murdered children are being tortured for eternity. Like, what am I supposed to believe? The dogs get off scot-free? Dogs don't have a hand in our, like, (laughs) economic meltdowns. Neither do literal babies, and yet here we are. That's true. Cool ranch-flavored babies. (laughs) So, Eleanor is in a power suit, and she is pretending to be, ar- be the architect and she's talking to a new human named Linda who is kind of like an older woman in loose fitting cardigan and she seems really nice but it doesn't seem like she is a demon it seems like she is one of the new entrants to the experiment don't we believe that Ted Danson would be able to sniff out a demon probably but I just mean like they, like, they are in the exchange that we see, they're kind of like mm. showing her around the neighborhood. So to me, that means that 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 shows that she is probably one of the new entrants. But we don't get anything about her. Um, maybe she's one of the teachers from Jacksonville High School. Oh my gosh, maybe she is. <laughs> 
And so that's sort of the only thing I wanted to bring up is that we may have gotten like a little, a little tiny sneak peek, but I don't know. There's not much other information. It's more of like that. You did watch that video actually, because that's a video where the cast kind of says goodbye to each other. Or the, oh, I watched it. I watched it a while ago then. And Ted Danson says, within the story, there are goodbyes that mirror us, the actors, having to say goodbye. Um, oh, and Manny Jacinto says something about how Ted Danson is going to pretend that he doesn't know him. Yeah, right, he, for the Manny room. Jacinto says, like, I've been trying to, because they know that this is the last season. He's like, I've been trying to, like, take pictures and things that we can all remember this experience by. So that way, in 10 years, when Ted Danson has forgotten me, I can still say that I worked <laughs> yeah. with him. He's so funny. You know, and then there's some stuff about, I agree that the general stuff about the season is just like, they're going places you've never gone before. And you're like, okay, okay. It's going to be an emotional roller coaster, like no dur. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're all here for. Uh, Kristen Bell does say that this is Eleanor's biggest season of growth. Um, she's going to have to choose to love Chidi because he says that he says, I need to sacrifice myself. And this is the first time that you've seen her step up and care about community rather than just caring about herself. But I think we could have sussed that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about this tour.com article because oh boy, it is a, it's a I'm doozy, gonna let you isn't take it? this one because I've been talking a lot and also uh, this blew my mind. So I want you to, to bring it to everybody. <laughs> right. So it's it starts off as like this sort of if I remember correctly it starts off as this sort of like meandering look at like will they or won't they couples through television history right mm-hmm. and the author's Starting like with Sam and Diane yeah the author's like I liked these will they or won't they and I didn't like those and I was watching the Good Place and I thought I wouldn't like Eleanor Cheedy but then I really loved them and then the last few paragraphs of the article she just completely blows everything out of the water because she's just talking like oh you know it's normal television will they or won't they blah blah and you're like yeah yeah no I, I know how this goes and then she's like everybody hold on and listen to my fan theory <laughs> <laughs> she says that Eleanor is a Greek name that means the bright shining one and Chidi it's they say in the show Janet yes. says in the show uh, that Chidi uh, Camilla says it Camilla the chicken from Muppets? Who are we talking about? Tahani's sister. Oh. With a K. Yes. In the episode where she says, all, all your fears are now mine. <laughs> and then he goes, all my fears are mine again. <laughs> you just rewatched the third season. This isn't fair. We're not playing on a level <laughs> playing ground here. So Chidi is Igbo for the phrase, God exists. And <laughs> she's like, Okay, so does that mean that Eleanor is Lucifer Morningstar? If her name means bright, shining one, and the name of, like, the first and fair, fairest fallen angel, like, is, is generally given as, like, Lucifer Morningstar, and then Chidi is God, so desperate always to do the morally correct thing because of the unimaginable weight of being the one who got us into this mess called life... Is it possible that The Good Place has taken a page from countless avatars, messiahs, fantasy novels, blah blah have God and the devil chosen to take mortal bodies, to live and die countless times, always inexorably drawn back to each other over and over again to work out their shirt? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you said this article to me, and I read it, and I was like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do, what? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, well, they are, won't they? Dun-dun-dun! And I was like, I just, I texted you in all caps, 
is Eleanor Lucifer? <laughs> and you were like, who is she? And I was like, no, is she really? <laughs> like, we have to talk about this. And I sent this article to Kate, listener Kate, and she was like... Listener slash travel partner Listener, listener slash life, hetero life mate, Kate. And um, she was like, well, if this isn't what happens, I'll be a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great theory. It really is. It, well... <laughs> There's kind of a lot to unpack. I mean, it... So... Oh, boy. Okay. So, at the moment, we have this concept of of an afterlife that appears to have nobody actually in charge, right? There's not actually a god or a devil saying this and such, therefore, this is how it shall be. It's almost as if the good place and the bad place kind of sprang fully formed into existence around the same time that humans did. And the demons and the angels just kind of knew what their jobs were and went about doing them without any actual hierarchy. And that's Mm -hmm. why it was, and that's why it's almost acceptable that there have been centuries of tortured babies because there's not actually anybody running anything. The closest we get is Judge Jen, and she's, like, supposed to be neutral and impartial, and she actually doesn't pay very much attention to what happens on Earth. Right. So the fact that there have been these unbelievable moral wrongs happening for centuries, probably longer, it's been almost bearable because it seems to be an atheistic universe. But Mm. if you... Now say, no, actually, there is, there, there is, so let, you know, I don't know if it's God and, and, and Lucifer per se, because that implies, you know, God comes first and then Lucifer is kind of a creation of God. But let's say it's some sort of like a, like a dualistic, uh, theology, right? Where there's actually sort of a God of the light and a God of the dark, you know, sort of like the ancient, it was like, it's like Mesopotamian or whatever, like, if we now posit that these gods exist and, and there is a god of, you know, that is supposed to be of, of all goodness and rightness and morality, and that god thought it was acceptable to play out this romantic melodrama instead of fixing the thing that's putting billions of babies into torture chambers? Like, I, I don't know how you square that with anything. I don't know. I think there might be a version... Like, I the way I sort of thought of it was the good place and the bad place. It, let's, say, let's say this theory is true, right? And let's say there is a devil and a good... Like, a god. What, what do you call force. a good devil? <laughs> a good devil. Let's say there's, you know... There's a, a mean devil and a good devil, right? Um, but let's say you've got kind of what you were saying, this this light and this dark. You know, I'm thinking of one of the things that she references here is Kevin Smith's Dogma, which I grew up on and love, even though, you know. It's got some flaws, but man, it's still... It's got some ish. It's still pretty good. But it's, it's still pretty good. And Alan Rickman, guys. Alan Rickman... Uh, Linda Fiorentino, Chris Rock. Sama Hayek? She's not great in that movie. (laughs) I don't know. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. Yeah. 
Alanis Morissette. Jason Lee. In the role of a lifetime. Oh, Jason Lee is great in that movie. Yes. He kills someone for their air conditioning, which I very much felt this summer. <laughs> I was like, I get it. I get it now. Thank you. Um, but but basically, like, the idea, part of the idea behind that movie was that, like, God was lost. Like, God What had... if God was one of us? <laughs> so God was had gone down to earth for like a jaunt and they kind of lost God. Right. And specifically the uh, demons beat him mostly to death. And the Catholic hospital was refusing to let the life support be shut off. Mm -hmm. Never forget that Kevin Smith really loves sticking his finger in the eye of the Catholic church. Yes. Buddy Jesus. Um, But to me, I think it would be interesting to have these two bureaucracies pop up be- in the absence of a strong leader, right? Central, in, strong central democracy. In, in the absence <laughs> of a monarch, right? Which God or the devil essentially are in their own realms. Like, you know, maybe those two spirits did abdicate their responsibilities in the afterlife and all of a sudden it goes okay well we've got to make up for this so let's form a different version of the afterlife where everything is done uh, in a bureaucratic way so that we don't deal with this again right like we don't have you know we have a little bit more control over the system or whatever that doesn't seem necessarily to be the way that things have like from everything we've heard that doesn't necessarily seem to be true to the spirit of the good place and the bad place because it does sort of seem like they've been around since the beginning of time but maybe it's like a good omens thing (laughs) you know (laughs) where these two sides have kind of been at war but there are two characters from both sides who are drawn to each other and and need each other so that would be more that would be more acceptable to me certainly as if they're not they're not necessarily supposed to be the ones in charge but they were an angel and a demon who you know fell in love or whatever yeah and are just trying to change the system yeah. and they have been pulling strings somehow you know from within or have have confederates sort of in you know in the good place or bad place bureaucracies who are helping, you know, making sure that they're the ones getting put into experiments like this or whatever, you know, like that at least as long they weren't, as long as they weren't supposed to be in charge, it's at least a little more morally acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. If they were just like regular, a regular angel and demon who are like, well, we don't really know how to buck the system, but maybe we can try if we have this really convoluted setup, like let's give it a shot, babe. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I I it's interesting because I can't I've been sort of googling around a little bit and I should have I'll I'll see if I can do more digging for next time, but I do remember I seem to remember at one point Michael Schur kind of saying like we'll a we'll find out more about Michael's like true form at some point. Hmm. And also we like Michael and Eleanor have a lot in common and i don't know if that oh interesting i don't know risen demons well yeah like i don't know if that is supposed to be like oh they have a lot in common because they're both kind of like reformed dirtbags or if it's (laughs) like 
No, they really like Eleanor is a somehow a product of the bad place, and then Chidi would be somehow a product of the good place, and they are. This is a show I bring up literally every time, but Supernatural, the same thing happens. Okay. Um, <laughs> Everyone, you're back on your Supernatural back, grind. Back on my shirt with Supernatural, um, which is sort of the, you know, the next thing I thought of when I, after I read this Tor.com article, which is the, the series was only supposed to last, it has lasted for 15 seasons, y'all. <laughs> it's like, what? 15 seasons. Okay. But the show was actually only supposed to last five. The guy who created it came up with a five-season arc where, I mean, I would say spoilers for Supernatural, but like... It's been a decade, y'all! It's been a long, a long time. The guy who created the show came up with a five-season arc where you have these two brothers uh, and they hunt demons and, and all manner of nasty things one of them ends up on the side of the angels and is being used as a pawn by the angels. And one of them ends up on the side of the devil and the demons and is a pawn for Lucifer. And the two of them have to fight each other uh, in this sort of like ongoing war between heaven and hell. And that the, the resolution of that was supposed to be the end of the series. And they were getting, I guess, great ratings. So they decided to continue (laughs) the show. But it culminates in this battle between these two brothers who, over the course of five seasons... Which one is the one who... who, Is my my hottie... Is he heaven or hell? He's heaven. Uh, Yeah, he is. (laughs) Yeah, he is. (laughs) Yes, he most certainly is. Marissa likes Dean, everybody. So Dean, Just add him to my list of husbands. He's the older brother, so that also makes sense. He is the pawn for the angels, and he accidentally kickstarts the apocalypse. It's like a whole thing. And the younger brother uh, is a pawn for the demons, and they are made to fight each other. And uh, but they spend once they figure out the plan, they spend like a couple of seasons, or at least you know the better part of you know, the latter seasons of that arc, trying to find a way out of it, trying to not have have to have this be the, the end game. And they are unsuccessful. Um, but it was just another interesting thing to think about of these two people who love each other are pitted against each other, but their love is the thing that kind of carries them through. I would say, you know, on the negative side for this theory, like, I kind of love the idea of humanity pulling itself out of this trap that's been set for them by immortal jagoffs, basically. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the humanity, like the spirit of humanity, which can be like pretty dirtbaggy, but can also be pretty transcendent. Like the spirit of humanity ultimately conquers this like faceless, not faceless, but un- ultimately conquers this um, really m- ultimately malevolent, bureaucracy and that's the good place and the bad place taken together right right the, the, the good place is malevolent in its inaction yes very very well said very very well said yeah that's true and you know that goes along very well with something that again i've been re-listening to some of our old episodes and something you said marissa that really stayed with me about the finale was that it's not that eleanor and chidi are special necessarily but that every love 
that we experience as human beings is a universe defining love. And so I'm very it, smart. Yes. So if we could, you know, if it turns out that Eleanor and Chidi are pawns in a larger plot that involves, you know, they are somehow connected to the bad place and the good place, it does sort of take away from this everyday person just trying to make the world a little bit better and trying to be a good person, which I think is ultimately... I read an article that I didn't link here because I wanted to save it for the the first episode when we talk about the first episode coming up. But Mike Schur talks about how the 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 conceit of the show has changed over time from just saying like this is how you be a good person to here are a bunch of different ways to be good, a good person. These are not the only ways, but the important thing is to try. And he said he basically said that like not enough people are trying. And mm. that's what we really want this to be about is that it's not it's it shouldn't be that there's just one way to be good, but that we all have to try a little bit harder. And so I think if if this uh, Tor.com article theory is correct, it would be in some ways I would be super into that. But in another way, I think it to your point, it might defeat some of the idea that like everyday people can be good and make the world a better place and, and uh, reinvent the systems, you know? Right. It's almost, it's, it's almost nicer when you're reading some sort of like fantasy or a sci-fi or whatever book. And it's not, Oh, this is the child of the prophecy. Like you are the one who was spoken of and in the signs. And like, it's just a kid who is like, Oh, Oh, the world needs me to step up and, and do this thing. Like, um, I'm actually having a really hard time off the top of my head thinking of a really great fantasy novel that does not involve the trope of the chosen um, one. Ray from Star Wars. Thus far. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows I what's going to come out in the next movie. Episode nine. Oh, we're yeah. Gonna, we'll have an, epi- we'll have an episode have about that. We're going to have to do an episode about that. <laughs> yes. um, I just oh, but told- like, how about like Mockingjay, right? Which is like... I didn't did read you those read books. The, so they're... I really like them, but like, you know, she basically overthrows a, a fascistic government and, and it's not a fantasy, right? It's just a dystopian, you know, futuristic, whatever. But like, she's not foretold. She's not the one who will come. She's not, spe- she wasn't, you know, sired by the wizard or whatever. Like, she, she just is a person who's put into really bad circumstances and makes the really hard decisions. And like, is, you know, pulls with, with uh, you know, not single handedly, but pulls the world back from the brink of fascism or back into something approaching regularity from fascism. Yeah. And it's not, and, and you know, she's, she's not special. She's not, you know, and she just made, she, she's a human being. She's perfectly fallible human being, right? She makes mistakes. I'm talking about Katniss, like makes mistakes, but like at the end of the day, like wants to do the right thing. And you know, her selflessness is what, you know, topples this regime. Mm. Yeah. We got to get to our listener emails. Yeah, let's do it. So most of you did not email us over our extremely long hiatus. So you're dead to us. But <laughs> we have uh, a longtime listener, first time emailer, Susan C. What's up, Susan? Uh, so she had a, a theory about the Good Place finale that I was like, oh, we got to we got to put this one. <laughs> we got to give this one a day in court. Yeah gonna quote her here everything gets fixed 
But rather than going to the good place, the four get to go back to Earth to live out the rest of their natural lives. Janet is too human to be reintegrated, so she gets to be a human too. I don't really know how that would work. Maybe, well, I guess Janet has been kind of human, sort of? Janet can make people. Maybe she can make herself a person. Maybe. As a reward for all of his help, Michael gets to be a human and experience the full human experience from birth. He is born to Cheedy and Eleanor. Mic drop, literally. Which is pretty funny. That's pretty great. <laughs> so, what do we think about this as a, as a finale? I would love to see Cheedy and Eleanor get to, like, live happily together. I would love that. I don't know how (laughs) at this point and i also don't i'd be interested susan if you want to write us back um what everything the good play pod at gmail.com yeah (laughs) um what does everything being fixed actually look like is it that you still have the good place and the bad place but Mm. the but the good place is actually admitting people now do we abolish the bad place and everybody? Yes, abolish the bad the place. place. Hashtag abolish the bad place. Do we hashtag occupy the bad place? Wait, occupy the good occupy somewhere. Do we get rid of the whole system entirely? So I would. Be I like, am on record with saying that I would rather there be no afterlife than the current system. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody should be tortured for all eternity, no matter how bad you were while you were on Earth. It's fine. I, I think if if you think someone is so bad that they should be tortured for eternity, then you should just let their soul go into the you know into the light, into oblivion. Sure. Right? Just, just stop existing. Fine. Sure. Retire that person. Right. Just flaming ladles. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be interested to hear uh, what Susan thinks about that. I I I do like the idea because that has been a. Something that Michael has brought up again and again is that, like, he's he so wants to be human or have a human experience. And I think in the past couple of seasons, you know, or especially in season three, there have been a lot of moments where Eleanor is like, you wanted to know what it feels like to be human. This is it. Like, something bad is going to happen. You can't stop it. You just have to, like, help, you know, be there for your friends, whatever. And so I, I would like... Kind of almost what we got for Captain America at the end of uh, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Spoilers for Avengers Endgame, anybody? <laughs> listen, we did an episode about it. It Go doesn't mean listen that to everybody it. listened to it, right? I'm, okay, so if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, then just skip ahead like a minute or two. But what we got at the end of Avengers Endgame, which is that Steve Rogers gets to experience the life that he wanted to have with his one true love and also my one true love peggy carter (laughs) um (laughs) and i remember you when we did our episode you were like that doesn't make sense and i was like let me have this (laughs) my soul needs this so i do wonder if there's a way for michael to have to have that human experience i get Um, the feeling i i think the more likely outcome for him is that he is put in charge of something sure Maybe the whole enchilada, quite frankly. Yeah. That he's elevated um, basically to head god in charge. <laughs> that, you know, because he is the one who understands that humans are capable of change. So it makes sense that he would be kind of put in charge of uh, if there is a sort of 
restorative justice version of the bad place <laughs> that he would be put in charge of that. Um, right. But- I have no issue with a, a, a bad place that is temporarily finite and is aimed at somehow purifying souls, right? Like trying to make these souls understand the enormity of what they did. And I use the word enormity correctly, but just random quote unquote, hilarious torture forever. He's just like, no, no. Who does this help? Much like, you know, you're talking about a place like Eastern state penitentiary, which is so scary that I can't go there because I will be myself. (laughs) (laughs) But that's like, it's a real question. Like who is our criminal justice system helping? (laughs) I, I, I don't mean to laugh. I just, we're like, hey, this is a podcast about this show. And then by the end, every single time without fail, we are like, capitalism is terrible. Our criminal justice system is failing us. God, I mean, look, there is no afterlife. <laughs> there are people who I do believe need to be removed from the general population for the safety of the general population. Right. There was just like a, the guy in the video in that you accidentally Googled from Mindhunter. <laughs> yes. It all comes right. back around. That all guy, the people from Mindhunter need to go away. I actually, fully support that. Actually, that guy who you accidentally googled oh no ed Kemp- ed kemper i had, read the whole wikipedia I had know. been up for parole but he declined yes. it and said he shouldn't be around people so he's just been in prison this whole time but he yes, made that he's, he's he seems to be doing quote unquote all right i guess in <laughs> in this extremely structured and safe environment where he is not capable of unspeakable crimes against humanity yes and that's what prison should be. It should be the people who we literally cannot allow to be around other people. It Arkham should be Asylum. A, it should, but not, but the opposite of that. It should be quiet and clean and safe and it should have millions of books and, and you know, reading rooms and, and all the classes that you want to take. You know, anything to improve yourself. You know, there should be, there should be evil Zumba. Like anything that you want to do to like you know, improve your body, improve your mind, and you're not allowed to be walk amongst the normals because you're too dangerous. And like, uh, that's just an unfortunate, but we're going to make, you're going to make your life as, as good as it can be under the confines of you're too dangerous to be allowed into society. And everybody else, like, you know, what is, what is prison achieving? It's, it's putting all the people who have done these bad things together so they can make each other worse, you know? And it's just... Yeah. Banning books from prisons that would make people smarter and more cognizant of the issues in the world, like taking away your right to vote when when you become <sighs> a felon, all kinds of things. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry everyone. Right. A real downer. <laughs> but yeah, so maybe that's it. Maybe we get a restorative justice version of of the afterlife. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be interesting. We haven't, we still have not seen what the actual good place looks like. No. Right? Like, we've seen, we've been inside one house. They like asked, an administrative building. They asked Michael Schur, and he basically was like, we will go a lot of places. Like, yeah, we'll go uh, a lot shut of up. places that shut you haven't up. seen. Like, okay. <laughs> because it would be, in, it would be genuinely interesting to actually see a good place neighborhood. Like, how does it really function? 
How does it really function? Does it actually just function like a little town where people kind of... It's like The Sims, where people just kind of wander around for all eternity, just eating and sleeping and having affairs and reading books. Hard over your head when you run into someone you want to flirt with, (laughs) and then flirting with them enough that they get into your heart-shaped bed with you. All right, someone remembers The Sims a little too well. Look, my friends, you were and I a literal a child lot at the time. Sims. That's fine, but like, you know, like, is this actually a fulfilling way to spend eternity? Just kind of wandering around a town with you know fifty other random people. It seems pretty gruesome to me, honestly. It's like not as bad as actual torture, sure, but like the variety and the and the interestingness of life are kind of sapped out. So like I I like what does it mean for things to for everything to be better? And, you know that was your question to Susan C. Like what what does it mean for things to be better? Does it mean that everybody kind of gets put into this medium place where you know basically there's nothing there and like you know go forth and build you know go west young man like go go forth and and build you yeah. know as as Lyra is told at the end of uh the amber spyglass like we'll have to build the republic of heaven like go forward and you know they're making an hbo show out of it's super great i have a i know i have a friend who's gonna who's gonna let me watch his hbo go subscription for that friend yeah (laughs) anyway (laughs) but like is it you know that that the human beings have to come together and like build some semblance of what an afterlife means, or is it re is reincarnation like the better choice? Like who knows? I don't know what what everything gets fixed means, as you said. But I th- but that's you know listeners Susan C or other listeners. If you have our ideas, our ones, ones of listeners, our ones of listeners. If any of you have ideas about like what you think would be everything gets fixed like what that would look like i think that'd be an interesting discussion to have so hit us up because the normal the normal religious version of what heaven is is like you're just eternally close to god right and that closeness to god is overwhelming and it's satisfactory in and of itself and it's like okay well your earthly relationships have been uh dissolved yes so i mean in most versions of heaven yeah so if you are brothers or sisters on Earth... Not like, not Mormons, though, right? Mormons have a different... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but like Mormons have celestial marriage. There you go. Um, but like, if you and I, sisters on Earth, we would not be sisters in heaven. We would not necessarily know each other in heaven. <laughs> I want to put that on a mug. Sisters on Earth, not sisters in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> now I know what your Christmas present is going to be. <laughs> Etsy, here we come. Like <laughs> do, 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 do. someone's like, this is the weirdest order I've but ever. But in seen. an eight, this is apparently, and we may like again, it may turn out cheaty as secretly God this whole time. But like in an apparently atheistic universe, what actually is heaven? If it cannot be closeness to the divine, then what can it actually be? Yeah. In did you ever read the Lovely Bones? Oh no. Okay. Thank you. I did. It's a no thank you from me. <laughs> I understand It violates why. multiple yes. rules of mine. Yes. yes. Um, but in The Lovely Bones... I mean, I saw trailers for the movie version. Yeah, I didn't see the movie. But in the book, heaven is whatever that person wants it to be. 
So, like, if you always wanted to travel somewhere, you could go visit that place. If you wanted to, like, you know, all of the, all of your, like, most, your greatest or most outlandish dreams can kind of come true, but it's all individual to the person. Yeah, but what if all you wanted is to be with your sibling or your parent or your lover or whatever, and they're still alive? This episode is such a downer. <laughs> We're, uh, yeah, I mean, that I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Because it's hard, it would be hard to say, like, oh, you get a facsimile of that person who can hang out with you. Yeah, that becomes like that Haley Joel Osment movie. Which Haley Joel Osment movie? The one where he's a robot. AI? Is that what oh, it's called? Oh, yeah. That's so weird. So I really weird. like that movie. I don't think I've ever gone back and rewatched it since I saw it in the theater. But, like, he's like a facsimile of a child, basically, and it, it doesn't work out well for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'd love to know what other people think that the afterlife could, what the afterlife could look like if and when. An the... atheistic afterlife, specifically. Okay. One that one that at least fits within the confines of what we currently know about the good places, like cosmology. Sure. That we're not introducing like Vishnu into the mix. <laughs> <laughs> that um, Vishnu, I was trying to sneak in. <laughs> I did want to. Um, so we have a, a relatively new listener named Jeff. Who? Um, <laughs> oh, it's so it's so great. We have a new listener named Jeff. Is it yeah. any anyone you know? Or <laughs> um, you could say that, I guess. <laughs> um, new listener Jeff just uh, finished the second season. I may or may not have tell been... him he's got some catching up to do. I know. I may or may not have been with him while he finished the second season, but there was. So this is uh, you know this gentleman? Yes, I do. He's he's oh, he's quite nice. Yeah. Oh, um, that's great. <laughs> he remember the episode that you always joke about where you uh, want to be in a room by yourself with a bunch of New Yorkers. Yes. Okay. Oh, please, please, God, why? <laughs> So he said that the Zoroastrian version of the afterlife is actually very akin to that, except without <gasps> the New Yorkers. Oh, well, but wait a minute. <laughs> the New Yorkers are essential. <laughs> so he thought that they were like making a nod to another type of afterlife there, which I don't know if they were, but apparently... So the Zoroastrian version of the afterlife is you... Are there any in... practicing Zoroastrians in this day and age? Uh, I think their numbers are dwindling. Okay. But I think they still exist. Yep. Yep. It's continually huh. practiced. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, I think their numbers are, are dwindling, though. That their version of heaven is that you come into the afterlife with all of your... Unworldly possessions. <gasps> My what? unread books. Unread books. <laughs> You come into the afterlife with all your worldly possessions and you go into a room and in each room, someone asks you for something like you have to give up something to that person and you just keep going through doors until you are left with nothing. And then the, in the final room that you're in, it's just dust. And then you become dust as well. Um, huh. and so you're sort of mingling with the dust of, of everyone else. And I can't quite figure out uh what what that's about or why you would want that huh. but he thought that maybe the whole like you're in a room by yourself kind of thing 
was a nod to that. So I, so maybe that's... I mean, I doubt it. Probably not, because it but... was full of New Yorkers. <laughs> <laughs> but if I could just be given some time with my things before I have to give them up. <laughs> well, you, I, I guess can... you could keep your most treasured things until the end, I guess. You know, you could... Yeah, but like, how much time do I have between rooms is my question. Oh, I don't know. Or are they just hustling me from room to room? Can I take a breather in the lobby and read all of my unread books? I will ask. Okay, great. Jeff, Jeff, if you're listening, let us know. (laughs) He better be listening. (laughs) All right, I'm sick and I am tired. It's time to go. And it is time to go. (laughs) Until next time, get ready to go places you've never been before. We will see you next week for the premiere, Ding Dongs. Woo! Okay, woo! 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 Okay, bye. Bye. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. I'm sorry, can you, can you hold on a second? Yeah. What? No, I have no idea. And I told you I was recording tonight and you need to get out of here. Go to bed. No, go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. Go to bed. I'm not having this conversation right now. I'm doing recording right now. Go to bed. Fine, ask me tomorrow. Go to bed. That child came downstairs when he knew I was recording to ask if he could have his birthday party at the one place I've told him he may not have his birthday party. Which is where? This stupid, like, blow-up inflatable place. Hey, no, it's not... Go to bed!